You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. You're welcome this morning. This beautiful day that the Lord has made. The Lord is on the throne. Amen. The good thing is that no one can dethrone him. Amen. <laughs> you cannot plan a coup against God. The enemy tried it, but where is he today? For even thinking about it, So I have news for you. He cannot be dethroned in your life. He cannot be dethroned in your family. He is there to stay. Do you agree with that? Do you like that? Is it exciting to you? That the God of all creation the maker of heaven and earth, the sustainer of the universe, who spoke and things came into being, is right there with you. And he will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He's with your family. Yes? You believe that? Awesome. Yeah, we've been talking about faith. And I want us to look at an aspect of faith. I've been meditating on some of these aspects of faith, actually for years. <laughs> and uh, it always comes back fresh. When I behold this perfect law of liberty. Hmm? So this morning I want to share with you on what I call multi-generational faith. Multi-generational faith. If it is real, it should outlive you. Are you getting me? If it is real, it should outlive you. There are too many examples in the Bible to support my statement. Say, if it is real, it will outlive me. Say it like you believe it. If it is real, it will outlive me. So that's the faith we're talking about. And let's look at Hebrews chapter 11. Last time we were looking at Rahab, how her faith was able to preserve her family. But I want you to know that your faith can preserve your posterity. 
Your faith can remain alive after you've gone. And your children's children's children can continue in your faith. A good example of this is Abraham, our father. How many people know that Abraham's faith is still alive today? <laughs> but it's gone thousands of years ago. But his faith is still alive. I believe that his faith is what is working for the nation of Israel. They don't even know. But his faith is working. His faith is working. One of the reasons why I believe we need um, the word of God and we need the faith of God in Africa is because we need to rescue this continent. Amen. Do you know that the blessing America is experiencing is, be is not because of them. It's because of the faith of their fathers. It's because of the faith of their fathers. So oftentimes I hear people say, well, this, this country is not a Christian nation, but how come they are blessed? You need to go and study their history. Go and dig deep down and see the covenant of their fathers. And you will understand why certain things are still working. Are you getting my point? Yeah. So one of, the, one of the challenges that Africa is having is that our fathers have departed from God for, for centuries. Do you understand? They departed from God for centuries. And so because of that, we, we, are, we are dealing with the consequences of their idolatry. We're dealing with the, the consequences of their lack of faith. We're dealing with the consequences of their abominations. So it's not that, it's not that um, God is not real, but we need to change things. But you, you, you need, there's a kind of faith that we need. And that's what I'm talking about this morning. Okay? That we will, we, by the time we plant our faith in this soil, it doesn't matter. I'm telling you, our children and our children's children will be blessed. They will be blessed. They will walk with God. They will do greater things. Yes. Because of our faith in God. And we need to start believing for that. One of the things our generation is guilty of is passive Christianity. Passive Christianity. What do I mean by that? Passive Christianity is a kind of Christianity whereby we think that because we have invited Jesus into our heart, everything just happens. You get my point? 
So we don't, we don't put in any effort. And I'm not saying, I'm not preaching the gospel of works here. But I'm speaking about diligence. Of course, there's nothing you can do to save yourself. Works can never save you. Although I've seen some people preaching works on social media. How when you are good to the widows and the orphans, it will save you. They'll be surprised. That will not save you. Of course, it's good to be good. The Bible says we should, um, we should let our light shine before men. That men may see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. Right? But it's not that when you let your light shine, you will now be saved. <laughs> it doesn't save you. There are many philanthropists in hell. And philanthropy is not bad. It's good. It's honorable. I would like to be one. Somebody said amen to, for me, please. I, I, come on. No, don't, don't, don't be jealous of my desire. Huh? I want to be blessed enough to change a community. That's what I want to do. Yeah. I want to go to a number of schools and just pay their school fees. That's what I want to do. Huh? So I, I'm just saying my desire. I'm not, no pressure on you. You don't have to do it, okay? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to just go and take care of the lunch of some children for, for the next one year? Wouldn't it be great? Or just take care of their uniform for this year? Wouldn't it be great? Yeah. Or their textbooks. Or whatever. But it starts from somewhere. Yeah. We have some of us here who are feeding people in the streets. That's a noble thing. If you do that after you are saved, then it's significant. But if you do it to get saved, it doesn't take you anywhere. It just scores you points, but it doesn't take you in. My Lord, okay. Um, Hebrews chapter 11 And I'll read, I'll read verse 20. Let's look at verse 20. It says, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By what? By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. And the next verse by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped God leaning on the top of his staff. Yeah. 
So, by faith, these guys, they laid hands. Yes? To bless their children. Isaac laid hands and blessed Jacob. Later on, he blessed Esau, even though his blessing was, had a question mark. But it was all done by faith. So he, he, they understood, these people understood that there is a power that is transferable. There is a faith that can be transferred from one generation to the other. So Isaac does that for Jacob and we see Jacob doing the same. We see Jacob doing the same. He blessed the sons of Joseph. And you can see later on in the history of Israel how the children of Joseph were engrafted into the, the tribes of Israel. But he did it by faith. My goodness. So your faith has more potential than you have imagined. So you can lay your hand on your child and say some things. And I'm telling you before God, if you say it in faith, it will stand. Even after you've gone. And that's what these guys did. So, where did Isaac get this kind of faith? From Abraham. Yes. He got it from where? From Abraham. So, Abraham was able to transfer his faith to Isaac. His faith did not go to the grave with him. And your faith must not go to the grave with you. God's plan is for our faith to outlive us. Are you getting me? Let's look at Genesis chapter 18. In Genesis chapter 18, we see that God is... God visits Abraham, right? And after that, he decides um, he decides that he's going to also visit Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah? But the visitation for Sodom and Gomorrah was for judgment. It was not for blessing. He visited Abraham for blessing. Okay? Abraham had been believing God for a child for so many years. Uh, this is the 24th year now of believing God. And God decides to show up. God shows up, visits Abraham, has a meal with Abraham. Wouldn't you like God to come and have a meal with you? Huh? It's possible. 
It can get to that point where God will come and have a meal with you. Amazing. Say, Lord, I need that. <laughs> yeah. So, after this wonderful meal, God decides to declare Sarah's womb fertile. <laughs> Gone past menopause. Hmm? And um, God spoke. And we know the story how Sarah laughed, right? Sarah laughed. And, but God said, look, by this time next year, according to the time of life, you will have a son. And you call his name Isaac. Why? Because you laughed. Call him laughter. So each time, Isaac, then you remember <laughs> this encounter. <laughs> God has a sense of humor. Hallelujah. Then God now says, uh, let's look at verse 16 of Genesis 18. It says, Then the man rose from there and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them to send them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Shall I? Should I hide what I'm doing? My goodness. Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. My goodness. Are we being blessed today? Because of Abraham. At the time God was speaking like this, South Africa was not even in the picture. Yes? Well, but God saw everything. He says, look at verse 19, the key verse here. He says, for I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. God saw in Abraham an ability to transfer his faith. Did you see that? He says, for I, I have known him. In other words, I can, I can see and I know that he has this quality. I know that he has this quality huh, to command his children and his household after him. So not just those biologically born, but everyone under his roof. Hallelujah. So when we talk about multi-generational faith, it's not just a biological thing. It is a spiritual thing. It is a spiritual thing. So Abraham was able to transfer his faith to his servants. No wonder he took them to war. 318 trained servants. He armed them. And he says, let's go and fight. And none of them protested. 
Uh, if it's in our day, we will have a protest march. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, we protest about everything, right? Protest about everything. But no, not, not, with, not with Abraham's servants. They have learned from this man. They have learned faith from this man. And how did they learn it? They saw it. They saw him trusting God. They saw him believing God. They saw him apply his faith. They saw him erecting altars. They saw him, you know, tithing. They saw him, I mean, they saw him doing these things. So, there is your faith, if it is real, can be transferred. It's transferable. Actually, it's supposed to be. It all originated from God. And now it's in your heart. But it must not remain in your heart. Hallelujah. Yes. So your faith needs to impact other generations. Okay? You might be old, but you have younger ones. Let that faith be transferred to them. Let that faith be transferred to them. You might have younger siblings. Let that faith be transferred to them. You might have children. Let that faith be transferred to them. You might have employees. Let that faith be transferred to them. Let them see you and say, wow, this my boss really knows God. I want to know this God. Is it possible that people can be inspired to seek God because of you? But if your faith is the kind of faith that is always protesting and always complaining, that's not real faith. Always murmuring, that's not real faith. Hmm? Always grumbling, <laughs> that is not it. So you see that this is one of the qualities, and I believe strongly that this is one of the qualities that God saw in Abraham, and that's why he revealed himself to Abraham. Because God had a plan, I need to start a nation. I need to, I need, I need, I need a, I need a family with which I can start a nation. And I need a nation from which I can send my son to save the world. You see, so God had all of that in mind. And he looked upon the whole earth. Who is it that will not keep his faith to himself? And has the ability to transfer his faith from one generation to the other. And he saw this in Abraham. Come on. Yeah, he saw it. He says, I have known him. It's not as if I'm just discovering it. No, no, no. This is something that I have known about him. This is a quality that Abraham has. And that's why God chose him. I once heard a man of God, you know, who was who had a visitation by Jesus. 
And Jesus was telling him some things about Abraham. And one of the things that Jesus told him about Abraham was located in this verse. He says, this guy was so great because he had the ability to impact people. He had that ability. And that's why he stood out in his entire generation as somebody that has a faith, has the capacity to transfer his faith. No wonder God chose him. Some of us, well, not here. There are some people, whatever God reveals to them remains with them. It will die with them. You know, that's one of the problems with Africa. We die with our secrets. Yeah. We don't advance. Why? Because the person that, that got this secret, he kept it and he died with it. The next generation has to start afresh. They have to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> huh? Then you go to the, you go to the Western world Everything is transferable. Yeah, whatever it is. Can you imagine if we have to go and discover what Isaac Newton discovered on our own? Hey, that is going to be hectic. Where will you start from? Huh? Or what Einstein discovered? If we have to go and do that, where, where are we going to start from? So it applies with the faith as well. Let's not keep it with us. I remember many years ago as a child. I mean, we, I grew up in a church where they, they, they talk about faith like almost every week. They're always talking about faith. And the founder of the church he used to be a man of great faith. He used to raise the dead. When people die in the church, he would go and pray. Lord, is it time for this person to go or not? If God says it's not time, he's not, they're not going to bury that person until the person wakes up. Hmm? So, but there was a day we went to visit. And I still remember as a child, I think I was about, maybe about seven years old. We went to visit him. My mom would go visit, you know, take all kinds of things, buy things for him, you know, just, just to go and bless him. And then, of course, in turn, he will bless us. But I'll never forget something that happened. It still stuck with me. I don't remember the things he used to preach because I would sit in church and he, he would be preaching, but I, I I don't remember any of those messages. But one thing I remember was a demonstration of faith. Somebody bought him a pair of shoes from, um, I don't know whether it's the UK or the US, traveled and brought a pair of shoes and gave the wife. And so the wife brought, came to him and she says, 
this brother traveled and he bought you a pair of shoes, but unfortunately, it's not your size. And he says, what are you talking about? He says, my son brought shoes for me, and he tells me it's not my size. Bring it here. God will make it my size. You know, and as she brought the box, he just stretched his hands before he touched it. He just stretched his hands and said, Father, I thank you because this shoe is my size. I receive it in the name of Jesus. And he took it and he put it on and he stood. He says, can't you see? It's my size. Ha! So you can imagine a child seeing that. That is a sermon, a volumes of sermons. Just in that. You get my point? So, he has transferred that to me. Because I, I just know it's possible for your size, for, for a shoe to be supernaturally transformed to your size. Now, of course, your mind will tell you, come on, let's be real now. Go buy the right size. You see, you're more educated. That's why. But the Israelites, for 40 years in the wilderness, their shoes grew with them. They didn't go shopping. How, how, did, how, did, they, how did they maintain the same clothes? Hallelujah. And yet, that's why God did not take it lightly with them when they did not believe him. Because he demonstrated his power, it was raw on a daily basis. So we better not be guilty of that same kind of um, unbelief. Amen. So Abraham was someone that was able to transfer his faith to Isaac and we see Isaac transfers it to Jacob and to Esau, but we don't see Esau transfer to anyone. Jacob was able to transfer it to his own sons. Esau re received it and it remained with him. No wonder he sold his birthright. <laughs> God saw ahead of time this guy. He doesn't value spiritual things. He only works by sight. Hallelujah. You know what? I have observed some things over the years. There are people that have served God faithfully over the years. And I have seen how their seed are blessed. David said, I have been young and now I am old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed beg for what? For bread. It is a true fact. I am telling you. Why? Because their faith is still effective. When they are gone, their seed will not beg for bread. I was young. Now I am old. 
I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed beg for bread. Have you seen that scripture before? My Lord and my God, say, Lord, let my faith outlive me. Hallelujah. Your faith is more powerful. Your faith can affect generations. Everybody that comes through your lineage can be affected by your faith. They can be affected by your faith. Hallelujah. Look at that scripture. Psalm 37, 25. Let's read it. Come on. I have been young and now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging. My goodness. Can you see that? Your descendants will not beg. You see, the Israelites in the wilderness did not have this kind of faith. They were crying to Moses. They said, look, you want our children to die in the wilderness. You have brought us here to die and all of that. And God says, look, you are the ones that will die. These children will see the land. So you think you are the one that is going to preserve their future. With all this unbelief that you are displaying. He says, I'm going to show you that I will do it without you. And your seed will enter into the land flowing with milk and honey. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can you see how God works? Because all God needed was Abraham's faith. Not the faith of this rebellious, huh? unbelieving people. He says, that in his mind, he will be saying, look, the faith of Abraham is still enough. I will use the faith of Abraham to take them into the land. <laughs> As for you, you are finished. I've been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Say, so my seed will not beg. They will never be forsaken. Amen. It doesn't matter where on earth they get to. I'm telling you, God will be there with them and provide for them and protect them and preserve them and bless them. That's how this faith works. I left home in my 20s, my early 20s. And God provided for me. God preserved me. People were blessing me left, right, and center. I'm telling you, this thing is real. It was real in my life. When I couldn't even fend for myself, God was providing for me. God will speak to people. He will give them dreams. He will give them visions. He will speak to them. And they will come to me and they will favor me. What kind of faith is that? Yeah. 
Let me tell you, there's a limit to your effort. And you need to understand that. You can only do so much. But then there is a place where God takes over. And when God takes over, I am telling you, he does it better than you. Does it better than you. And you need to start having faith that your children have a bright future. Yeah, the future is bright. All this doom and gloom is not going to do any good to anyone. Do you believe in what I'm sharing with you? Amen. Telling you, this is, these are real stuff that I've experienced. So I can speak authoritatively on this matter. Amen. That I'm a product of this kind of faith. Amen. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 3. It says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. This is Paul talking to Timothy. Okay. He served God with a what? Pure conscience. It's important to serve God with a pure conscience. Okay. Greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. Come on. Hallelujah. Paul saw something in Timothy and he was able to trace it. He was able to track the faith that is working in Timothy. He says, I, I, you know, I, I, I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. It is real. Say it is real. I said to you, if it is real, it's transferable. I see real faith in you. I see real faith in you that will outlive you. I see real faith in you that is transferable. I see real faith in you that is infectious. Hallelujah. The faith which dwelt first in your grandmother. Come on. Can you see that? He, he, Paul was able to trace this faith to Timothy's grandmother. He said this faith dwelt in your grandmother, Louis. And your mother, Eunice. So it was transferred from his mother, from his grandmother to his mother. And now to Timothy. My goodness, the apostle Timothy's faith came from his grandmother. Multi-generational faith. Tr faith that transcends generations. Faith that is transferable. My Lord and my God. How did Paul track this faith? How did he identify that this thing came from Timothy's grandmother? It was just too obvious. <laughs> How obvious is your faith? Hello? How obvious is your faith? Is it traceable? 
when you are gone to be with the Lord, after you've lived 120 years, <laughs> huh? after you've lived 120 years and you've gone to be with the Lord, will they still trace your faith? When they look at your children's children, will they recognize that it came from you? Will they recognize it? Or will they be looking at uh, trying to guess and figure out? No, 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 no. It must be clear. It must be evident. Hallelujah. That you are a woman of great faith. You are a man of great faith. I mean, look at this. Look at, look at this. It was from his grandmother. You know, some people think women don't have faith. You are joking. You are joking. Look at this. So his grandmother took time. Hallelujah. And she imparted her faith to Eunice. She put it, pumped Eunice, pumped Eunice with this faith until Eunice could not keep it to herself. And then now in Timothy. No wonder Timothy was so useful to Paul. No wonder he later became an apostle. Amen? Overseeing different churches. No wonder. From his youth. You know, at this time, Timothy was still young. Because if you see the next verse, look at, let's, let's read. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, right? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Why is he telling Timothy this? Because he was still timid. And in another place it says, let no man despise your youth. He said to Timothy that, look, the fact that you are young does not mean that you cannot serve God. The fact that you are young does not mean you cannot be a preacher of righteousness. The fact that you are young does not mean you cannot demonstrate faith. He says, be an example. He's telling Timothy, bringing some good treasures out of Timothy. Telling him, stir up the gift that is in you. There is something in you, Timothy. It needs to be stirred up. There is something that came from your grandmother to your mother and is in you. It needs to be stirred up. So sometimes you see some people, you think they don't have faith. It just needs to be stirred. It just needs to be stirred. The faith is there. But it needs to be stirred up. It needs to be stirred up. And I'm here to stir up the multi-generational faith in you. I'm here to stir that up. Hallelujah. God has put something in you. There's something you receive from childhood. Maybe you don't even you didn't realize it, but I'm telling you it's there. It's there. You loved him from a tender age, some of you. You didn't know why, but you just, 
You just had that inclination towards God. You didn't know much. You went into some dumb things, but it's because of ignorance. But look deep down. God was working in you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Multi-generational faith. There's a faith that is in you that will outlive you. There is a faith that is in you that will affect generations. There is a faith that is in you that is transferable. In the name of Jesus, age cannot stop it. Culture cannot stop it. Nothing can stop this faith. I'm telling you. It doesn't matter if your body is frail. When you're on your staff like Jacob. He was leaning on his staff, but he was still imparting faith. He was rest. He needed to rest because, oh my God, this thing is about to be released to the next generation. The unction that he was carrying, he imparted it to those children. And then went to be with the Lord. Left it there. I'm telling you, this is solid solid stuff this is solid spiritual material this is solid legacy this is a real heritage now the bible says a good man lays up an inheritance for his children's children let me tell you it's not just houses and cars it's not just houses and cars. Your values can be transferred to your children's children. Your faith can be transferred to your children's children. I'm telling you. You need to start believing God. That it will be transferred. And it will be potent. For generations after you. For centuries after you are gone. Your faith will still be active. How about that? For millennia after you've gone, your faith will still be active. It's still working. Performing great things. Hallelujah. Let's stand up. Time is gone. Let's pray. Let's talk to the Lord. Tell the Lord, Lord, I thank you for this faith. The faith. This, this ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.